In Matthew 9, this is the account in verse 28 where two blind men came to him asking for help. And he said, do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Everybody said out loud, according According to your faith, faith, be it unto you. you. According to what? In other words, this, he said, this is how it's going to happen. How's it going to happen? According to your faith. Now he had just asked them, do you believe I'm able to do this? Ability has to do with power. Do you believe the power of God can do this? They said, yes, Lord. Then you might think, having asked them that question, that he'd turn around and, then, and say, well, then according to the power. According to my power. He didn't say that. Because that's not how it happens. Doesn't happen according to God's power. And here's a shocker to many. Nor does it happen according to God's will. Now, it makes some folks mad. Church going people. Just hearing somebody like me say that. They think, oh, God is sovereign. He does whatever he wants to, and, and, and that's wrong. God is in control. And that sounds good. It sounds like you're honoring God, but you can't be honoring God when you're contradicting what Jesus said. What if God, in his sovereignty, chose for things to function like this? For things to happen in our lives, not according to his will, perfect plan, or power, or need, or any of these things, but according to our faith. Then for us to say, well, no, no, it's going to happen according to the will of God. You've changed what Jesus said. And much of the church has changed what Jesus said, have changed what the Bible teaches. They've changed according to your faith to according to his will. They've changed it. It's the traditions of men and it is making of no effect. The word of God. It's serious, serious thing. Because people are begging and begging. Well, is it going to happen? I don't know. If it's God's will, maybe it will. It didn't happen. Well, it must not have been God's will. Well, how are we going to know if it's God's will or not? Well, we'll beg. And if it happens, it was. If it didn't happen, I guess it wasn't. So basically, we're in the dark. All the time. The Bible said, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have a responsibility. That's why he gave us the book. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, the author of the book. So we could find out what is the will of God. And like one minister said, faith begins where the will of God is known. When you find out the will of God, now you can stop being in the dark. You can have faith. People say, well, no, no. Now I just believe you should always pray if it be thy will. Do you pray that way for people to be born again? Well, then you're inconsistent with what you say. Right? Why don't we pray with people who say, I'm lost. I need to be saved. Why don't we say, well, 
If it's God's will. We don't know. Come and pray. We'll pray God. If it be thy will. Let our brother be born again. If not. Thy will be done. So that's not right. Well why isn't it right? If it's according to his will. And if his will is going to happen. No matter what. What's the point of us praying? His will is going to happen. Whether or no. And yet. Most of the body of Christ. Prays for healing. If they pray for healing at all. That way. Lord heal them. If it be thy will. That's an unbelieving prayer. There's no faith in that prayer. And if it's your faith. That makes you whole. And there's no faith in it. Come on can you see that. You're saying Lord. I know you are sovereign. And you are in control. And nothing happens. But what it's you doing it. Or you let it happen. And you had some reason for letting it happen. You're in control. So Lord. If it be your will. Heal them. Of course if it was your will. It was going to happen anyway. But Lord. If it's not your will. Then I know no matter how much we prayed. Or fasted or whatever. They're not going to be healed. Be So why am I praying? And this is why some people don't go to church. Because it makes no sense to them. Because it really makes no sense, period. And some of the goofy stuff people believe in church, they wouldn't dare believe that in any other area. They're pretty smart people otherwise. But to come in church and, and just go, duh. It's, we don't know. No. Let's believe. Are you a Christian? Then let's believe the Christ. Let's believe the words of the master. If he said this is the way it happens. Then this is how it happens. Don't let anybody change this on you. They wanted healing. He said you believe this can happen. You believe I'm able. Yes, yes. Then here's how it's going to happen. According to what? Not what you want, not according to your great desire, not according to your need, not according to how great God's power is, not even according to God's perfect will. How's it going to happen? According to your faith. And they must have had some because immediately here it came. These things are simpler than we have thought. They're easier and simpler. Than many have imagined. Go to Mark 9. These men that just received this healing we read about. They were not theologians. They had not been to Bible school that we know of. Probably couldn't even read or write. And uh, what did they heard? They heard healing was happening. And in a very short amount of time. They received. Said out loud, all things are possible possible. to him that believes, believes. and I believe. I I am a believer. believer. One of the lies of the enemy is that you don't have enough faith. Don't ever ask that question out loud, he'll come and answer it for you. (laughs) I don't know if I have enough faith for that. Immediately, he'll send one of his little imps and they'll whisper in your ear, uh uh, you don't, you don't. (laughs) I don't have enough faith. No. Uh -uh. 
And you can go to meetings and you can read the word for the next five years. Have enough faith now? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. You can go to everybody's conference and, and quote half the New Testament. Got enough faith yet? No, you're getting a little closer, but <laughs> but no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Somebody say lies. Lies, lies. Here's the truth. There's enough faith in you right now to receive amazing miracles in your life. Right where you sit. Right now. Right here. Right now. Glory to God. Mark 9. Story of the man that had his son who was having seizures. Brought him to the disciples. They prayed, cast out, did whatever they knew to do. Nothing happened. And so Jesus came down off the mount. And the man brought his son to Jesus. And, and pled with him. And in verse 22 he said, Oft times it's cast him into the fire and waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Why would he say, if you can? Well, the disciples just failed. They did everything they knew how to do, said everything they knew how to say, and nothing happened. Boys know better. So if you can, have compassion on us and help us. Is he putting all the responsibility, if anything happens, into Jesus' hands? Saying, Lord, it's up to you. If you can, and if you'll have compassion... Do something for us. And Jesus turns right around in verse 23. And he said. If you can believe. All things are possible. To him that believes. He did not accept. That it's all up to Jesus. He did not accept that. And yet that's what millions are trying to tell us today. It's all up to him. Well Jesus didn't accept that. In the good news. Translation. Verse 23, yes, said Jesus, if you yourself can, everything is possible for the person who has faith. He said to Jesus, if you can, have compassion, do something for us. Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not if I can. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Is this true or not? Are we reading the Bible? Is this true? Then millions of good church-going people believe wrong and are being robbed on a daily basis. They plead, they beg, they plead, they beg. Why won't God do anything? Why, God, what are we waiting on? What's taking so long? Here's what's taking so long. Taking so long for you to get in faith. Or me. Are you with me, friends? Oh, when you find out the truth, it'll make you free. Hallelujah. And instead of crying and begging and pleading, being confused your whole life long, you learn how to step up, stand up, believe God, reach out, lay hold, receive. (laughs) Oh, somebody say, I'm a believer. I'm I'm a believer. (laughs) Go with me. To the book of Luke. I perceive. We're making progress. 
Mm-mm-mm. And our path is getting brighter. And the Lord has prepared good things for us in the days to come. Hallelujah. We're not going to be of those who draw back, lay back, wait and do nothing. We're going to be of those who rise up and lay hold. Hallelujah. And possess what has been so wonderfully given to us. In Christ. Luke 17. Verse 5. The apostle said to the Lord. Increase our faith. Increase our faith they said. Why would they say that? Well. One of the reasons would be. They hear him talking about it. So much. And they see him operating in faith. And they see what's happening in provision, protection, and miracles. And he keeps talking about faith. I hadn't seen faith like this in all Israel. Great is your faith. As you believed, be it done according to your faith. Your faith has saved you. Your faith has healed you. This is what they're hearing every day. Was Jesus a faith preacher? Then we're in good company then. He's a preacher of faith. He's always talking about faith. And he's talking about, you know, at this point, some things about forgiveness too. And and you forgive by faith. That's a great lesson many have never learned. That's true. That is so true. Said out loud, you forgive forgive by by faith, not by feeling. Not by feeling. People say, well, I've tried to forgive them. And, and then I think about what they did to me and it just made me so mad. What's that got to do with it? Well, if I feel that way, I haven't forgiven them. Said who? Said who? See, being feeling oriented will make you perpetually unstable. And feeling is not faith. Forgiving by faith is compared, Jesus compared it, to release of debt. Do you remember in what we call the Lord's Prayer? Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Another account said forgive us of our trespasses. So how do you forgive a debt? If somebody owed you a thousand dollars and for whatever reason... One day you said, no, I'm going to forgive them of that debt. And so you call them and you got the paperwork and you said, look, you don't owe me this anymore. Here's the document. We tear this agreement up. You are released from what you owe me. But then next week you get a bill and you could really use that thousand dollars. <laughs> and even if, if, even if you had a feeling where you vocalized it or not, you thought, man, I could use that thousand dollars. Well, tough. Right? Because you tore up the paperwork. I don't care how strongly you feel and would like to have it. Is it based on feeling that that debt is released or not? You did it as an act. But this is exactly how you forgive people that have done you wrong 
whether you just thought they did you wrong or whether they really did, it works out the same. You say, you just by faith, it's a choice. It's an act of your will. By faith, you say, Father, you know that thing they did, you know, that hurt me or whatever? In the name of Jesus, I release them. I forgive them. They owe me nothing. They don't owe me an apology. They don't owe me an explanation. They don't owe me to make it right. By faith, I tear up the paperwork. They owe me nothing. And if tomorrow some memories try to come back or you see them and they're still acting like a heathen, whatever the case might be, what does that matter? You forgave them. Come on, can you see this? And if you will hold to what you did, somebody say, by faith, by faith. Faith is not by what you see. It's not by what you feel. If you hold to it, your feelings will change. That anger, that resentment, that bitterness. But if you keep yielding to it, it'll be with you 20 years from now. Or 50. No, sit out loud. I can forgive. Even as God forgives. For the love of God is in me. By the Holy Spirit. Didn't he tell us to forgive each other? As he has forgiven us. God has forgiven us for Christ's sake. So don't. Uh, and you know another side of this is very serious. He said, if you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. So don't say, I can't. (laughs) It's a lie. And it's not based on feelings. Increase our faith. And we got Jesus' answer to this. Anybody interested in this? How many would like for your faith to be increased? Enlarged. Here it is. Increase our faith, they said. They had heard enough about faith and seen enough about faith and and what they needed to do. And we want more. We see how important it is. Lord, increase our faith. I don't know what they thought. Maybe they imagined he'd lay hands on them or or just zap them some way. (laughs) Here you go. More faith. Woo. That's not how it works. Increase our faith. Verse 6. And the Lord said. If you had faith. (laughs) As a grain of mustard seed. Do you reckon they thought they had some faith? We don't have to wonder. They didn't say give us faith. What did they say? What does that mean? What does that prove? They thought they had some. Right? They believed they had some. And so what he's saying is if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, if they thought they had any, they thought they had that. How big? Well, he uses this both for its size, but also because it's a seed and how it can go from so tiny to so big. From a tiny seed to a small tree. Tiny things can become very big. But what he's telling, and this works, this is how he does everything. I want more, I want more, I need more. Well, if you do, great. That's good that you do. But if you do, you won't get more by begging for more. You get more by doing the right thing with what you have. 
by being a good steward of what you already have. That was worth you coming to church for, right? Right there. Is that true or not? Do you believe this? I want more. I want more. I want more friends. I want more friends. You need to treat the ones you got real good. And you need to be a good friend. And sow friendship. Quit begging for friends. Be a friend. Sow friendship. What I really need is more monies. More money. You won't get it by begging for money. Including begging God for money. You will not get it. You will frustrate yourself. How are you going to get it? God multiplies seed sown. Well, a million times zero is zero. A billion times zero is still zero. You got to give him something to multiply. You got to plant something. If you want to reap something. Well, if you saw a farmer sitting on his porch and and, and you said, uh, he's got, you know, 800 acres. And you say, well, man, uh, what's going on? You know, how, when we get to harvest? All soon, soon. I'm confessing a big harvest. We're having a big harvest going to come in. You say, well, how much did you plant? Oh, I didn't plant anything this time. But I'm believing for a big harvest. It's not how it works, is it? And sowing and planting is not just during offering time. It's your whole life. It's your whole life. Sowing and planting. Things here, things there. Sowing is not loaning. (laughs) Sowing is not doing something and and having in mind you're going to get something back out of it. Trying to buy something. It's no strings. They said, increase our faith. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say to the sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root, be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, here is a tremendous revelation. If you had faith, you would say. If you had faith, you would say. Come on, say it out loud. If you have faith, you would say. You would say. Faith speaks. Hallelujah. No speaky, no faithy. Somebody needed to get woke up right there. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say. Now here's something else. He talks about a tree being pulled up by the roots and relocated into the ocean. It takes some power to do that. Would it? How much faith does it take to do that? Very little. Very little. He also talked to him about mountains being relocated. Yes. Well, he's just figuratively speaking. No, he's not. No, he's not. Faith is what created mountains to begin with. Yes. 
God's faith. And the oceans. And the atmosphere. And the galaxy. (laughs) He spoke. And it became. He has faith. A lot. Hallelujah. And that's how he releases his faith is through his words. They said, Lord, let me read it to you from Young's Literal. The apostle said to the Lord, add to us faith. Well, that means you think you got some. Not give us some starter faith. (laughs) No. (laughs) We want more. That means you believe you got some. And he knew that's what they were saying, which is why one of the reasons he had said, if you had faith like a mustard seed. I mean, if you just had that kind of faith, you could do this with it. How much faith do you need for what you are wanting in your life? If mustard seed faith, a tiny amount of faith, can rip up trees... And throw them in the ocean. Why couldn't it touch your liver? Or your kidneys? Come on, are you with me? Or cause some money to come in to pay your bills? Or cause your baby's fever to go down? Stomach ache to stop? What's he saying? If you had faith, even a little bit, you'd use it. You want more? You got to use what you got. Use what you have. Exercise it. If you say, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 95 pounds and I want big muscles. Give me muscles. I need muscles." No, you don't need muscles. You got muscles. Right? You got muscles. Yeah, but I want big muscles. Well, any anybody know? There's only one way. You got to use. The little muscle. (laughs) If you want it to ever be a bigger muscle. That's the only way. You got to use it. Somebody say use it. Use it. Oh the devil is absolutely scared. Of the body of Christ finding this out. He has done everything within his power. To keep this covered and hidden. And keep people confused. That's why he pushes so hard. This doctrine about God's in control. And it's all up to him. Because he knows. If we ever begin to realize. We already have faith. And start using it. Power will be released. Things will begin to happen. Yokes will be destroyed. Burdens removed. And there's not a thing he can do to stop it. Because this force is so much more powerful than anything he can do. And he's been stripped and brought to naught. Scripture says. But you got millions of people who say they believe in God. And they did believe and receive Jesus as Lord of their life. And they confessed with their mouth. They said, Jesus is Lord, and I believe I receive him, and it released creative power in their spirit, and they were born again, and it is one of the most amazing miracles you will ever receive from God, but then they packed up the bags, they closed the door, and locked the gate, and said, we're through with faith. The rest of it's up to God. 
And the truth is, that's the entry point. That's the beginning. Because the just don't just get justified by faith. They walk by faith. They live by faith. They receive by faith. They resist by faith. They overcome by faith. They please God by faith. It's the only way to be victorious and to please God. And it's no wonder the enemy has tried so hard to confuse people about faith and keep them in the dark about it. Too late for us. Too late for him to hide it from us. We're seeing it. We're seeing, we've seen a little of it. We're seeing more of it. We're going to see a whole lot more. Oh, hallelujah. He said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard, you would have said to this sycamine, be uprooted, be planted in the sea. Now, who would you be talking to at that point? You'd be talking to a tree. This is not prayer. You're not talking to God, asking him to do something. Come on, can you see this? You're talking to this tree. You want something to happen to this tree. Be. Oh, that harkens back to Genesis 1. Light. Be. And light became. That's the way God operates. The Bible said be imitators of God. As dear children. Had somebody... Take me to task one time and say, you're just trying to act just like Jesus. I said, I thought that was the idea. Right? You got a better example for me? Every one of us is supposed to be acting like him. Did he talk to trees, wind, waves, right? Fevers. And they obeyed him because he spoke to them in faith. And here's the wonderful thing. You're born... Hallelujah, of the same spirit, and you are made in his likeness and image, and you have his name, and you have his authority, and you can speak like he spoke. And if you're not on the level of faith he was, in some of the things we read about, start where you are, and you can come up, and I can come up. In 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore what? Speak. speak. Say it out loud. Believe, believe. And, speak. and speak. Believe, believe. and speak. Believe and speak. This is how Christians are supposed to live. Walk. What if you need money? Believe and speak. What if you need favor? You need something to happen so you can do what you're supposed to do. Believe and speak. What if your body's not acting like it's supposed to? It needs to change. Something needs to happen. Believe. And speak. Not just believe. And not just speak. 
believe and speak. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 8, you don't have to turn there, but 10, 8 through 10. It says, what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Why would you be so specific? Because people, it's because of the enemy. The church has gotten so far away from the scriptures. Till people think folks like us who make confessions out loud are strange. I say, say this. People go, I don't like all that. Say this. Say this. That's the way it's always been. And Jesus is called the high priest of our confession. He works with what we say. Got to give him something to work with. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Is that a miracle? Is that a miracle? It's an amazing miracle. How did it happen? You believe it in your heart? You say it with your mouth. And it happened. You believe it in your heart? You said it with, let me, let me back up. Your spirit was dead. Sin had killed you. Separated from God. There was death in you. Your eternity was toward a bad place. With a bad crowd. Without God and without hope. And you believed in your heart. And you said it with your mouth. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead came inside you and recreated your human spirit. And now you are a child, a son of the living God. Hallelujah. How did it happen? How did it happen? How did it happen? It wasn't just when God got ready for it to happen. With most of us, he dealt with us for years before we finally responded. We made him wait on us. And it wasn't because we were waiting till God could drum up the power to make it happen. (laughs) Jesus had already paid for it. He had already completed it. It was the will of God from the foundation of the world. What were we waiting on? Me. You. To do what? To do what? Believe in your heart and Say it with your mouth and the new birth occurred. The greatest miracle you'll ever believe for. You've already believed for. Healing's just a little repair work on your already existing structure. We're talking about your spirit was recreated. Your spirit wasn't healed. It was recreated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting a little money in, small potatoes beside that. But the devil will lie to you and say, oh, you don't have enough faith for that. No, you don't have enough faith for that. How much faith do you need? How much do you need? Just mustard seed is enough to rip trees out of the ground. 
relocate them to the ocean. How many think you've got some faith? You believe you have. Let me help you out. You do. You do. <laughs> How much faith do you need for the thing you've been wanting or, or need? Not much. You don't need much. Just need to exercise what you have. I think somebody's getting a little stirred up right now. Just need to exercise what you have. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, I have the same spirit of faith. They believed and they spoke. I also believe and speak. And it comes to pass. Now some people that mock the word of God, they go, oh, that's just hocus pocus. Well, you're going to just say it and it's just going to magically happen. Ain't got nothing to do with magic. And no, if you just say it, nothing's going to happen. You got to believe it. You got to believe it. But yes, according to Jesus, the head of the church, go to Mark 11, you, you need to see him. According to Jesus, the head of the church, if you'll say it, if you'll believe it, rather, and you'll say it, believing it, what did he say would happen? You will have what you said. Mark 11, Jesus came out of town, going to the temple, saw a fig tree. Was hungry. Thought maybe if there's something on there. And he came and there was nothing on there. And he spoke to the tree. He said. Nobody. Will eat anything off of you. Forever. And then he kept on going. The Lord's not big on. Fruitlessness. A show of fruit and no fruit. Hypocrite tree. <laughs> he ain't big on it. Get, get your hopes up. You're going to get something off of it. You get there. There's not even a nub of anything to eat. Big mistake tree. <laughs> Fool me once. No, actually that's it. Just once. <laughs> Nobody... We'll eat anything off of you from now on. And the Bible said the disciples heard it. So he wasn't, he wasn't quiet about it. He wasn't whispering. He said it right out loud. Talking to a tree. Well, they come by, back by it hours later. And Peter and the disciples remarked, Master, that tree that you spoke to, look at it, look at it. It's dried up from the roots. He didn't hit it with an axe. He didn't spray it with something to kill it. What happened? What happened? Do you believe this or not? Do you believe this is real? This is not a fairy tale. What happened? Now the enemy will come. If you do believe it, he'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's Jesus. He could do that. But you're not Jesus. No. 
That's contradicting what Jesus said. Jesus said, you believe on me? The works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to my Father. Why? Because he did what he did as a man. He was God. He is God. But he laid aside his mighty weight and power and did things as a man. If he hadn't, it wouldn't have been fair to tell us, do what I do. And we say, well, hey, you're God, right? How am I going to do what you do? Unless he did it as a man. Now it's fair. And he'd give us the same spirit he had. You can see the glorious possibilities. And that's the reality. Mark 11, 22, he said, have faith in God. Verse 23, for verily I say to you that whosoever, so who will this work for? Whosoever will say to this mountain, so now you're talking to what? Dirt, rocks, terrain. You say to this mountain, mountain, you be removed. And be thrown over there into the sea. And shall not doubt in his heart. So if people say, that's crazy. You're doubting in your heart. It will not work for you. That will never work. It won't work for you. Because you don't believe it. But shall believe that those things which he saith. Shall come to pass. That means you're expecting. As it's coming out of your mouth. And after it came out of your mouth. You're expecting what you said. To come to pass. What did Jesus say would happen? He shall have. Whatsoever. He says. He shall have whatever he says. Who said it? Come on help me out. Oh y'all are just Haganites. Copelanites. Brother Hagen didn't write this. Nobody contemporary with us in this generation said this and wrote this. Who said this? Come on, who said this? I reckon that makes us Jesusites. And I'll take that all day. Matthew 21, notice this. Somebody said, yeah, but that's Jesus. Yeah, but that's Jesus. You hear that repeatedly. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Matthew 21, 21 is Matthew's account of this same happening. Jesus said to them, we'll back up to verse 20. Let me get the context. When the disciples saw it, they marveled. They said, how soon is the fig tree withered away? Faith is the confidence of things expected. It's the conviction of things not seen. Everything was made out of unseen substance. God didn't make the worlds out of nothing. He made it out of that which you can't see. It is substance. It is real. It is spirit. It's not nothing. And the way he did it was with faith. The force of faith. Faith is real. The, the faith, when you believe something and you release it out of the words of your mouth, yes. it's as real as electricity 
or wind or water. Come on, are you listening? It's, it's a spiritual energy that's the same spiritual energy that matter's created out of. And I know people mock and scoff about this, but they're just ignorant. How soon is that fig tree withered away? Notice what he said to them. He said, yes, this is how I created the world. But don't try this at home because you're not me. What did he say? Verily I say to you, if what? If you. If you have faith and doubt not you. Everybody say you. You. You shall not only do this, which he's done to the fig tree. Hold on. Hold on. Is he telling them they could have done that? Yeah. You shall not. You shall not only do this, which he's done to the fig tree. But also if you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. It shall be done. It's going to happen for who? You. You can do this. Peter said, Lord, is that you out there walking on the water? Is that you? Tell me to come. He said, it's me. Come on. (laughs) If theologians are right, he'd have said, how dare you? Mere worm of a mortal man. Think you could do what I, the Son of God, can do. Sit down. Be quiet. (laughs) No. That's men's ideas. The Lord's not trying to hold us down. What's he saying? Come on up here. Come on. Come on. I'm showing. Why do you think I'm here? I'm showing you as a man how to do this as a man. And if you believe on me, what I do, you'll do too. And even some bigger things than this. Why? Because I'm not staying here forever. I'm going on. But you stay here and you keep. Generations should just keep progressing. Tell me how you do it. It's real simple. You you, what? You believe in your heart. Say with your mouth. Not just talk, and not just try to believe and not release. Believe in your heart. Say with your mouth. Go to First Samuel seventeen, please. I think I got time to talk to you about this. Now, faith is not new with the New Testament. Faith is not new with the beginning of the Bible. God has operated by faith long, long before that. But Hebrews 11 talks about faith and how that by faith this one did this and by faith this one did that. By faith. Have you read it? By faith, by faith, by faith. And so these accounts that we have recorded, Old Testament and New, we see people functioning in this faith we've been talking about this morning. And the people we respect so much, the three Hebrew children, king threatened to throw in the fire. They said, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us. And he did. You see things like that. And it just kind of goes past people's mind. Isn't that amazing? Boy, they were something else. The Bible said they're of like passions to you and me. They're people 
just like me and you. People like me and you. One of my favorites along this line is David. In 1 Samuel 17, there's the story of how the great Philistine champion Goliath came out and threatened and blasphemed and cussed and said, send me a man. We can fight and settle this once and for all. But he was a great big killing machine. (laughs) A giant. And uh, David was just a a youth. Maybe a teenager we'd say. Young guy. And uh, his daddy sent him out to check on his brothers who were in the military. And sent him some cheese. Send them a snack. Now you laugh, but you know they didn't have candy bars and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, some good cheese was, was top stuff. Especially if you've been out in the field for a while. And you're just eating dry rations and this kind of thing. He shows up with some good cheese and everybody's happy to see him. And, and then you hear this Goliath comes out and prancing across, yelling and going, if your God is a big God, quit being such a yellow coward and come out and fight. And he talked about them. And he talked bad about their priest. And he, he called their king names. He talked about their mama. <laughs> I'm telling you, he is, <laughs> he's ungodly. He is ungodly so he ain't using good language he's not being nice he's really feeling himself he's a big big man he's been a warrior from his youth he's not just big he's skilled he's a killing machine and even the Bible said even the strongest and bravest of the guys had nothing to say they just kind of backed off into the shadow. Ain't nobody ready to take him on. And uh, down about verse uh, 22, 1 Samuel 17, David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. He ran to the army, came, saluted his brothers. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath. By name out of the armies of the Philistines and spoke according to the same words. All the blasphemy and threatens. David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. That's everybody. And they had some good soldiers. But you know, this guy's shield was so big, he had another guy haul it for him out in front. His spear was like a weaver's beam, it said. I mean, he must have been, who knows, five, six hundred pounds or more. He's, he's mammoth and he's skilled. And uh, the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up surely to defy Israel? Has he come up? 
And it'll be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house, we might say, (laughs) tax-free in Israel. (laughs) Now, you know it's serious. The king is endeavoring to incentivize, to give incentive to somebody. And they keep up in it. There'll be a reward. It'll be a big reward. Have you seen my pretty daughter? How about no taxes forever? For you and all your family. This deal just keeps getting better and better. Come on, can you see this? Why? Because the honor of the nation is being impugned here. He's talking about the king's mama now. I mean, it's... (laughs) Would somebody go shut him up? blaspheming God night and day. This is old. And verse 26. David spoke to the men that stood by and said, What's going to be done for the man that kills this Philistine and takes this reproach from Israel? Uh, Tax-free, you say. (laughs) I've seen the king's daughter. She's pretty. Really? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's talking about no covenant, nobody. Oh yeah, he's a big boy, but he's a no covenant, nobody. One thing about faith, it speaks what God says And speaks about the power of God. But it will not magnify the problem. It will not talk about how big and bad the giant is. Verse 27. And the people answered him after this manner. And said this is what's going to be done man. You get this big reward. And you get to marry the, the king's daughter. And tax free forever. That kills him. And so, verse 29, Eliab, the eldest brother, heard when he spoke and said his anger was kindled. And he said, why would you come down here? Who'd you leave the sheep with? I know your pride, naughtiness of your heart. You'd come down here to see the battle. David said, what have I done? Is there not a reason? In other words, somebody ought to do something. He's so upset because his pride is hurt. His baby brother is showing more courage than he's shown for weeks now. Teenage boy. Made him mad. Showed him up. Verse 30. He turned from him toward another. Somebody trying to rain on your parade. You just turn away from them and go. Let me talk to you about this. He said, what'd they say? The guy that kills the giant gets. Now he's heard it two or three times already. What's he doing? He said tell me again. Tell me again. Don't try to turn there. But in the book of Psalms. 39. Verse 3. They put it on the screen for us. This is how it works. He said Psalm 39.3. My heart was hot within me while I was musing the fire burned. Then 
spake I with my tongue. Oh, hallelujah. Young's literal says, hot is my heart within me. In my meditating does the fire burn, and I have spoken with my tongue. A lot of times we've spoken too quick. No steam had built up. It's not just talking that makes it happen. You got to what? You got to believe it in your heart. And then say it with your mouth. Come on, can you see this? What's he doing? Tell me again. Tell me again. What's he doing? Something, something was stirring in him. God had, was stirring him up about this. But it wasn't quite there. And the longer he heard that and thought about it, it, it's building up in him. Come on, can you see this building up in him? He said, tell me again, tell me again, tell me again. Who takes out this no covenant, nobody? They said, man, you get $40,000 and then you get the big wedding and then no taxes for you. No taxes forever. No taxes forever. No taxes forever. Beautiful wedding. Amazing wife, plenty of money. Tell me again. (laughs) Tell me again. Can you see what's going on here? He said, tell me. And when the words were heard which David spoke, they rehearsed them before Saul and he sent for him. Now why would the king send for him? He's the one making all these rewards. And no, we got no takers. And why would you bring a boy into the king about fighting this man? Because of what David began to say and how he said it. Even the people that heard him, they, they looked at him and normally they wouldn't have brought this kid in front of the king. But there's something about what he's saying. There's, I mean, he says it with such conviction that you think, maybe. It could happen. I, I don't know. Why? Faith is contagious. And we're not just talking about knowledge of faith. The spirit of faith. He had such a spirit of faith about him until they heard it. And eventually somebody said, we need to tell the king about this guy. We need to tell the king about this kid. And they brought him in. And this kid stood in front of the king. And David said, oh, oh, what? What? And David said, come on, say it out loud. And David said, David said, Jesus said, if you had faith, you would say. David said, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. It's built up enough. He can say this with confidence. I'm going to go. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. You're a kid. You're a youth. He's a man of war from his youth, since he's been a kid. So he ain't a kid no more. And David said, every time you said, I want you to say it out loud. And David said, and David said, and David said. Your servant kept his father's sheep and there came a lion and a bear 
and took a lamb out of the flock and I went out after him and I smote him and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Your servant slew both the lion and the bear and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Big talk? Foolish talk? Ignorant talk? Uh, Faith talk. Faith talk. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 37, help me out. David says some more. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, his will be done. Y'all pray, and we will just commit ourselves and, and see if we die, we die. That's not faith. That's ignorance of the will of God making faith impossible. What did he say? What did David say? He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. He will. He will. Did he believe that in his heart? It's obvious. One of the stories in the book. He believed it in his heart. He said it with his mouth. He will. And it had so much punch to it when he said, He will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. Saul said, Go, 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 and the Lord be with you. Why? Why would he send a teenager out there? Something about what he said. There was such conviction in what he said. He believed it. Glory to God. He believed it so strong and it came across so strong. People heard it, overheard him. They thought, we got to tell the king. They brought and told the king. The king said, go. Do it. Do it. You know, he tried to put his armor on him and that didn't work. He said, I can't do that. <laughs> He took what he knew, his staff, his stick in his hand, got him five smooth stones, 38 caliber. <laughs> and he took his sling and he drew near to the Philistine. And verse 41, the Philistine came on and drew near to David and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance good-looking kid. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog? (laughs) You come to me with a stick? Philistine cursed David by his gods. He's full of them. Cursing, cursing, railing, blaspheming. And the Philistine said, come to me, and I will feed your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. They're going to snack on Jew boy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) And David said to the Philistine, David what? David what? David said to the Philistine, you come to me. With a sword, 
with a spear, with a shield, with your big body. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Keep going. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. Would would a lot of Christians dare talk like this? Would they dare be so bold to say what the Lord will do today? No, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. It's whatever the Lord wants. It's, it's, if it's if it be His will. That's not the Bible. That's not what these people did to get in the Bible. That's not what Jesus taught. Come on, are you listening to me? Can you see what happened? He uh, he listened to that. Something's going on in his heart. Hallelujah. He didn't know he was going to be in chapter 17, 1 Samuel in the Bible. <laughs> but God did. I said God did. But he needed the fire stoked up some. And he said, tell me again. And he's turned to somebody else. You tell me again. And turned to somebody. You tell me again. And eventually they brought him in front of the king. And he said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I will go. Let me tell you what else is going to happen. The Lord will deliver him into my hand today. Then when the Philistines cussed him, he tells him, he said, today, this day, will the Lord deliver you into my hand and I'm going to smite you and I'm going to take your head off of you and I'm going to give the carcasses of the host, all your buddies too, to the (laughs) fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know. Not that I'm something. Not that I'm the bravest kid in five countries. Uh Uh-uh. No, no, no. Not that I'm something. Not that I can fight. That all the earth may know. And this story has been told for centuries. That there is a God in Israel. And that faith allowed God to intervene. Faith without action is dead. He believed it. He said it. And he did it. That big dude's heading towards him. He gets out his, his sling. He loads that 38 caliber in there. Guy's running toward him. And that thing went boom right in his forehead. Sunk down in. Now, that's some compression. That's like getting shot. Right? What happened? I reckon one of those big angels acting on David's faith reached out and got behind that stone and helped it out a little bit. Because <laughs> it, it penetrated his big skull. It's like shooting him with a pistol or something. I mean, boom. And he didn't have to have, he didn't have a, a sword. So he just, he got plenty of time. Guys out there, you know, unconscious or whatever. He just pulls the sword out. Whack. Did what he said he was going to do. Right. Looked at the rest of them and said, what are y'all waiting on? Boom. They, <laughs> man, they, they hit him. And sure enough, the Philistines were conquered. And all his buddies too came to pass. This is not just something for us to ooh and ah and marvel about. It's something that should inspire us. 
Come on, are you listening? To our core. And we should begin to say, I have faith. I got the same spirit of faith David had. I got the same Holy Spirit in me Jesus had. Hallelujah. Is that right? Maybe I don't have all the faith of somebody else. But how much of this amazing potent stuff does it take to get the little things I'm talking about? I mean that much will blow trees out of the ground into the ocean. Is that right? How much do I need? And if you don't feel like it's built up enough, what do you need to do? Tell me again. Tell me again. Is that right? Tell me again. And while I'm musing and while I'm meditating, oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's exactly what we've done at every juncture in the ministry. This building that you're sitting in, the one we got over there, the first one, uh, Sarasota, all these things, all these projects. Sometimes I'm amused about it and meditated on it, and Phyllis and I did, and we did for months. Sometimes for longer, but then it got to the place where, oh man, it's there. My heart's hot with this thing, and you were able to say it, not just empty talk, but say, we are going to do this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to believe for this. We're going to have this. Is that right? And when you believe it and you say it, Jesus said you will have what you say. Glory to God. Glory. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Stand up on your feet. Oh, thank the Lord. I think some some embers are being fanned. Some fire is being stoked. Can you say amen? amen? And some folks are going to begin to say some things, but this time it's just not going to be vain, empty words. It's going to have some punch to it. And things are going to change. Things are going to happen. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.